Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Let's get them up and get them going. It is a Monday, coming off a very busy weekend, a lot to recap, a lot to look forward to as well. Welcome to Zero Week in college football. We actually have college football games this Saturday. Obviously, the Longhorns opener is 12 days from today, two weeks from this past Saturday. On that Saturday, the Longhorns hosted and held their all-important second scrimmage of training camp. We'll get you details on that, the camp reports, who shined, who did not, and what may have happened, and uh, we'll dive all over that in college football. Also, the Longhorns and the Longhorn family lost a legend over the weekend. Very sad way to start the weekend in Friday into Saturday. Incredible uh, uh, golf yesterday in outside Chicago, which we'll recap. We've got Major League Baseball. Don't look now. It's a three-team race in the AL West. Here come the Seattle Mariners. Also have plenty of NFL preseason weekend, too, including Tough injury for a lifetime Longhorn who's having a great training camp. Get your details on the very latest on DeMar Beyond Overshone. So safe to say five hours of conversation on this Monday morning may not be enough because we are absolutely jam-packed and thrilled that you have found us. However, you do find us. It's uh, easiest right now on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Also live local on uh, 101.9 AM 1260 and our Twitch channel at hornfm.com on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, appreciate everybody subscribing to that. But uh, however you find us, we appreciate you being there. Hope you can ride with us all morning long. Look who it is across the desk. Uh, back again for a third week and hopefully many, many more to come. Uh, he is our shutdown corner five hours each day, five days a week here on Ian Rod B from DB High and DBU. Also, six, seven year stint in the NFL, a lifetime Longhorn if there ever was one. Number 21 in your program, number one in your heart, our man Rod Babers. What's up, Rod? I'm uh, doing great. Thank you for the intro as always, sure. brother. It uh, gets better and better each day. And uh, shout out to those who uh, choose to serve today now in many different ways in any capacity whether it be god country or community uh we give a shout out to you we salute you whether Amen. it be teachers first responders soldiers nurses a bunch of y'all out there waste management doesn't matter we appreciate you you uh are the guardians angels of society we and appreciate of course that. The, the soldiers and uh first responders every time but you're right today you know last week was all back to school for mm-hmm. the uh, public schools and schools around central texas this and today is the first day of class at ut they're back oh, to school. Uh-oh. Okay. There's more traffic. School. That's all that means. More traffic. That's all that translates to to a lot of Austinites. like, oh, more traffic. More traffic. More Another traffic. layer of traffic is coming yes. your way. Plan appropriately. Plan I know. I noticed it on Friday afternoon. I, you know, because you go all summer and you kind of get where you need to get. You know how long, time, how long things take. Uh, seemed like on Friday afternoon in particular, everything took 10, 15 minutes longer to go from point A to point B. And add another 10, 15 <laughs> yeah, minutes now. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, add another, because you, know, you and I get to avoid it in the morning when uh. we're up before dawn and uh, uh, Ty Henderson through the glass. But, yeah, the afternoons is when we see it, uh, kind of like you folks do each and every morning. That's why it's uh, 
We always appreciate you finding us when you're making your way to school or to class or to work or to serve or whatever you're doing. But, yeah, they had a big uh, – they lit the tower last night, put up the big number 27 because this would be the opening of the class of 2027, provided mm. they do it in four years like wow. they're supposed to. Just made me feel old. Yeah, Thank very you. old. And uh, <laughs> they had fireworks down on campus and all that good stuff. So, nice. uh Class is back, and I'm sure same down at Texas State. It means football is back, too, though. That means football is here. That does mean (laughs) football is here. Football is here. Tackle football. Tackle football has arrived. Uh, Ty Henderson is through the glass. T.Y., how was your weekend? Everything good? It was good. I went out to Camp Longhorn. um, Ooh. And hung out there. It was kind of being at a summer camp without being at summer camp. What was that? Was (laughs) this of all the counselors or something? No, it was one of this girl that I'm – kind of friends with or acquaintances with mm, her family is part owners out there so i guess she just decided to have like 50 people out there for the weekend that's a pretty good trip because there's no there's no nice. campers there it's yeah. just just the, the the camp i mean uh, yeah okay well that's a good time it's that's fun yeah. good time that, i've nice... heard about camp longhorn but yeah. i've never seen it or i have been many to it. many friends who i've heard i've heard about it it's longhorn. like yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've never experienced it i've been Me to either. it i've never been there <laughs> it's my first time too okay good time hopefully i'm invited back i'm gonna say yeah you got you gotta know somebody in the know yeah, exactly. there you go. know some, well, somebody who owns a place. That's pretty good. Pretty good no, that's better know. than knowing somebody. Did you know uh, make it to the yeah. Snoop Dogg concert on Friday night? I did not. Snoop Dogg? Because oh. yeah, your moms want to go, right? No, I, we ended up, I took her, we went to Matt's El Rancho, and then I took her to Don's Depot, and she had, I think, two good of a time. Oh, no. <laughs> Mom was struggling, struggling the next morning. Struggling on Saturday, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, that's a good thing. Man. Like mother, like son, you know what I'm saying? Hey, he got it from somewhere. He got it from his mama. Comes, <laughs> it comes honestly. I love that. All right, well, let's start, as we do on uh, each program with the headlines. Make sure you're caught up, and there's a lot to catch up on this morning. Then we'll get into all the uh, the conversations of the morning. Rod has a ran- uh, behind take us behind the burn orange curtain this hour. Oh, yeah. Also, adjust the facts. Uh, our great segment before the end of the hour to get you caught up on the, the weekend. But first, the news. Trending topics brought to you by UBO Business Services. College football, as we say now, 12 days to the Longhorn season opener with the Rice Owls on Saturday morning. This past weekend, the Texas had that depth chart defining second scrimmage of camp. We're going to have our insider thoughts and reports throughout the morning here on Ian Rod V. And head coach Steve Sarkeesian will have media availability after practice this morning to provide his thoughts. That's scheduled for about 11 a.m. In the NFL over the weekend, Dallas Cowboys fell to 0-2 in the preseason, lost to Seattle in Seattle 22-14. As in their first game, the majority of the team's starters did not play, but the team did lose key two key players with significant injuries, including the former Longhorn DeMarvion Overshone, who caught his foot in the turf on a seemingly routine tackle in the flat, suffered a torn ACL in his left knee. The third-round pick will have surgery and is going to miss the entire season, unfortunately. Reserve tight end John Stevens, who had also had a strong camp, uh, suffered a season-ending knee injury as well. Dallas will close the preseason this Saturday against the Vegas Raiders at home. Down in Houston, Texans fell to 1-1 in the preseason. They got rolled by Miami, 28-3. Some positives for Houston. C.J. Stroud, much sharper than he was in his debut last week. Second overall pick, 7-for-12. Looked very accurate and completing passes for 60 yards. Led the Texans on a field goal drive. In Major League Baseball, don't look now, but the Seattle Mariners have made it a three-team race atop the American League West. Yesterday, the M's completed a three-game sweep of the Astros down in Houston with a 7-6 win. They've won six in a row. They've pulled it within a half game of at the defending champion Astros in the West. Seattle is 8-2 against Houston this year. Meanwhile, up in Arlington, first-place Rangers got swept by the Milwaukee Brewers, falling yesterday 6-2. Their lead over Houston in the AL West remains two and a half games. Seattle now just three back. Uh, how about the streaking Round Rock Express? They rolled to their 12th consecutive win yesterday in Sugarland, 4-3 the win. They move into sole possession of first place atop the Eastern Division of the PCL. E-Train back at Dell Diamond to open a homestand with Salt Lake on Tuesday night in golf. 
was a back nine for the ages for Victor Hovland yesterday at the BMW Championship. 25-year-old delivered the best round of his career to storm past world number one Scotty Scheffler and win the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoff. Uh, after a solid 233 on the front nine, Hovland, the world's number five player, went crazy. Birdied seven of the nine holes in the back, added two pars to come home in 28. Carted a new course record, 961, to shop Scheffler and Matthew Fitzpatrick by two strokes. Scheffler posted a final round 66, but had a costly bogey putt, bogey three putt on 17. In soccer, Austin FC returned to the pitch last night in St. Louis following their month-long layoff and got steamrolled by the top team in the Western Conference. 6-3, to three, St. Louis FC stretches its lead over second-place LAFC to seven points. Now Austin slides back to seventh place in the West with 32 points. We'll recap the whole weekend of soccer, including the brilliance of Lionel Messi throughout the morning. And the weekend began with very sad news. Back on Friday, official word from the University of Texas that Bill Little, the university's longtime and legendary athletics administrator and sports information director, passed away from natural causes at the age of 81. Uh, Little, whose name adorns the press boxes at both Darrell K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium and Dishfalk Field, is survived by his wife Kim and three grandchildren and ten, three children and ten grandchildren. A UT graduate, at one time editor of the Daily Texan, Little worked for the media relations department at Texas from 1968 until his retirement in 2014. He will forever be remembered as a Longhorn legend. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers, sincerest condolences uh, to the Little family and to his loved ones. There were so many people close to Bill Little because he had been around for so long. I mean, he was pretty much a a fixture and Tay kind of took him for granted, actually, uh, and his great historic knowledge. Uh, I mean, I, I said he was quite possibly the greatest historian. He is the greatest historian in Texas, you know, sport, Longhorn sports history. And, yeah, I hope, you know, that everybody who got a chance to interact with Bill Little and honestly it had been too long since I had seen Bill Little and hung out with him, um, I hope, you know, everybody you know got a chance to uh, to really enjoy real the, the knowledge that, he could <laughs> he could give you about almost any subject when it came to Texas sports. Always learn something. I remember doing research, and whether it be a rabbit hole, I went down about stats or about a player, and thinking to myself, man, I don't have enough background on this. I need to go talk to Bill Little. Yeah. I need to have a conversation about Bill Little about this subject, and I know he would give me some insight, and I know he would give me some type of wisdom about where to go with the subject matter. So uh, he will be missed. There's no question about it, but your, you know, it, it, what you want to do in your life, because we all have to obviously uh, go down that road, is have a positive impact on others so that when you are no longer here, people will remember you and be inspired by what you did. Because no doubt Bill Little had a positive impact on so many people uh, for so many years. So uh, it is a celebration of Bill Little more than anything. Of course, he'll be missed. But. Oh, no yeah. question. 81 years old and uh a true Longhorn legend, without a doubt, will have some tributes for him for him throughout the morning. And of course, uh, upon word of that, most people got word early Saturday morning uh, after the overnight Friday announcement. But uh, uh, so many, you know, condolences pouring in. Mac Brown, uh, who is, you know, if you saw Mac Brown back when Mac was the head coach, you saw Bill Little uh, pretty close all close the time. Behind him. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he had a tweet that said, "So saddened to hear of the passing of the Texas legend." Uh, there's nobody who no more cared more about the Longhorns. We lost a great man. Send our deepest condolences to Bill's 
uh, family and friends, rest in peace. And I thought, to your point, uh, our friend Mike Finger, the uh, columnist down with the San Antonio Express News, uh, a UT graduate himself, uh, wrote it best on a tweet, said, It sounds ridiculous to say, but when hearing about the loss of Bill Little and wanting to put his life into proper historical UT context, my first instinct was to call Bill Little. Uh, he knew more about the program and the people in it than anyone who ever lived. Rest in peace. Agreed. Exactly. I mean, that's pretty well said. And that's true. And someone who has done this this radio gig since, you know, gosh, the late 90s, uh, got many a call or, or message from Bill Little, hey, a uh, little, little quick note. I, I would say something or it would be a little, yep. little off. He'd always, always, always in a kind way. No always question. in a kind way. Yes. Uh, or just want to in, inform you a little bit more on something. Uh, Bill was always great and uh, an ambassador for the program and the university. Um, where he graduated from and, uh, you know, oversaw most of Darrell Royal's tenure, all of Mac Brown and, on um, you know, all of it through 2014 uh, before his retirement. And as I said in the headlines, I mean, the uh, the, the press box at Darrell K. Royal and at Dishfall Field are, are the Bill Little, uh, and you know, in honor of Bill Little for mm-hmm. all that he did for so long. But uh, deservedly so. 81. So, yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend, that was, uh, that was bad. Uh, sad to see. Uh, but he was a good man. There's no doubt about that. Uh, also... Agreed. Uh, we'll get into the Longhorn scrimmage at the bottom of the hour. If you're chomping at the bit to get some insider access and reports of what was going on, we've compiled it and talked to, to our our sources <laughs> and our people. Uh, what went on with that uh, depth chart defining scrimmage? We'll have it for you at yeah. the bottom of the hour in the uh, behind the burn orange curtain segment. But uh, uh, good, bad, and ugly, Rod. You know, good is, uh, and you know, we'll get into the golf and the, the baseball. But the bad, how about Demarvion Overshaw? Yeah, what bad. a shame, man. That's the yeah. that's the worst fear of. Uh, of coaches and players in the in the in the pre and it happened on such an seemingly innocuous play, but it can happen on any play. So I was gonna say it always does, right? It all seemed like, oh man, that wasn't even a a play that was a, a lot of contact. Sometimes it's non-contact. It's just freaky the way it all went down. And uh, he tore his ACL, so he's gonna be out for the season for the Dallas Cowboys. And we all had been documenting how <laughs> how much project progress he had already made. Um, in terms of being able to solidify himself a spot on the roster, whether it be through special teams. Uh, Michael Parsons had kind of taken him under his wing a little bit. Michael Parsons even talked about that. You know, even Mike McCarthy was very complimentary of him as a professional as a you know young player, remember we saw him break down yeah, the you team that huddle in week, in week yeah, one after pregame warmups. I'm like he's a rook, third round pick doing that. So he he had a lot of you know credibility with the team. He had built that up. So it's yeah, it's unfortunate to see. You know, and he made a play to start the game. He made a play early in the game. He had a nice run stop early in that game um, before he ended up getting hurt. And by the way, the Cowboys that might have been a disastrous preseason. They lost the preseason game. And nobody cares about that. But they had multiple injuries. That's probably the one thing you do want to come out of every preseason game um, with is no no injuries and no injury concerns. Uh, DeMarvin Overshone was carted off with the knee injury. Ends up being a torn ACL. Swing tackle. Uh, Matt well, let's go. He left the game with a shoulder. He didn't come back. Uh, tight end John Stevens, who's had a really good preseason so far, um, he left with a knee injury. He didn't come back. That's pretty rough. That's what you don't want to see in a preseason as a coach. You don't really know exactly what your goals are. One of them is to come out injury-free. That was not the case for the Cowboys. Yeah, it was not the case for the Cowboys. I mean, it was uh, uh, the worst case. because you And that's why you don't start your starters, right? Don't put them on the field because exactly it can happen on any play. Yeah, yep. Uh, but, you know, DeMarvion Overshone, I don't know if he was going to start for the Cowboys, but he was certainly going to have a role within Dan Quinn's defense. And you know as a player, Rod, I mean, it's, you know, this is your chance. He's going to get an opportunity, and now you don't get the whole season to, to make those reps and, uh, and, you know, build that resume and just learn to play the game of football at that level. 
Uh, it really is a shame for DeMarvion, who, you know, will always keep a positive spirit. He had a real positive tweet about still blessed, and uh, he's going to keep grinding. But, man, that's a shame for the team and then certainly a shame for the player. Hate to see that. We got a bunch of those over the weekend. Unfortunately, the New England Patriots game was canceled uh, mm-hmm. with Green Bay. They were playing the Packers, and uh, a rookie cornerback of theirs was immobilized on a on – a, on a stretcher and uh, precautionary, but took him off the field. And by all accounts on the field, the New England Patriots, the players, Rod, had had kind of the same feeling as as Demar Hamlin last year in Buffalo. They just they didn't weren't didn't know it didn't look mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, so Bill Belichick made the call. It was, it was in the fourth quarter, and Belichick said, "You know what? It's the preseason. My guys game. aren't. Yeah. They don't want to keep playing. No. It's the preseason. Let's go home." And not only that, uh, Bill Belichick caring for the psyche of his players. He was. They were supposed to leave and go straight to Nashville, and they were going to do joint practices with Tennessee this week, and then play the Titans to wrap up preseason. But he called Mike Vrabel and said, "We're not coming. We're not mm-hmm. coming." And him and Vrabel are close. So hate they to can, do that. Yeah. Hate to do that. But our players need to get our heads right, get back home. Uh, so yeah, those are. You know, for Demarvion, he'll be okay and he'll he'll come back. Uh, he's just going to miss a year, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it's yep. still a contact sport, Rod. And they've had man, they've had so many injuries to like linebackers. They Feels bring like in. It. Remember Demone Clark? They brought him in, and then the doctors actually found uh, like a, a back injury, spinal injury, spinal injury with him. Spinal. And then he, remember he had to sit out that year while he fixed that. And Jabril Cox came in from LSU, and he was I was a big fan of Jabril Cox, and he had an injury early on. They've been, I mean, and if they end up moving guys, uh, like it sounds like they will, Michael Parsons. To DN even more, um, and not playing it off-ball linebacker. Now we're talking about depth issues at linebacker for the Cowboys. Yeah. Lane Vanderesh is probably one of the most important pieces on that defense. No doubt. Yeah, exactly. Now, even more important now. Prone, Great right? point, Ty. Yeah, last year he he was yeah, he did have, he did have that injury career, last year. He, right. injury he missed a couple bug. games last year too, and and it was devastating to the rush defense. By the way, when he missed those games last year, it was devastating. It was. Yeah. It was. Um, so yeah, I mean. Uh, so now yeah, now you got linebacker depth issues. Well, I mean, I think Jabril Cox is playing well, and so is Damone Clark. But in terms of behind those guys, not going well. Well, this is one in the in the linebacker room meetings. They're, you know, Dan Quinn's throwing stuff because this would. I mean, Demarvin was going to have a role, a big role, and then you just pointed out the other two that they're dealing with. I mean, that's because because you wanted to be. Able, I mean, Demarvin was going to make it a you know likely that yeah, Micah Parsons can be this mm-hmm. weaponized piece that they they just move all over the place. Um, then DeMarvion can kind of fill that that hole of his, and then you know one of those guys. Now you're dealing with injuries, and that's what you don't want. That can really become a, a damper on a season, Rod, where you have cluster injuries, you have a series of injuries at one, uh, one position. position. Oh, we remember what we did the Ravens at running back. It's it's been yeah, it happens. And well, and the Cowboys last year at the the opposite yeah. corner, opposite Trayvon yeah, Diggs, they just couldn't figure it out. And, and teams would just attack that side of the field because Kelvin Joseph wasn't ready to man it, and uh, quarterbacks would say, "I'm not messing with Trayvon Diggs." Debbie I'm, Anthony I'm gonna, Brown injury, the Jordan Lewis injury. We're yeah. going to run the ball and try to stay ahead of the chains a little bit here because the Cowboys will give up some rush yards, and then. Yeah, we need something big. We're going over here. Uh, we're going to the right side, uh, the quarterback right, and um, they feel like they've shorn that up with the the sign of the trade for Stephon Gilmore to play opposite Trevon Diggs. Well, now there there's a cluster problem at linebacker, uh, so keep that in mind. I still have good players, and then you know Demarbion's the only one that's for the year at this point, but uh, that's something to watch. One answer out of- might be, I will say this: Cowboys are especially deep now in the secondary, especially with Deron Bland. They really love right him. Remember, that. they got those three safeties they really like. You just talked about Stephon Gilmore. They could potentially play a hybrid defense where they could play dime, move a Draywan curse down into the box pretty much as another linebacker. They do that a lot anyway. Guys like Donovan Wilson, and then have Deron Bland, other coverage guys, Stephon Gilmore. You still can cover across the board. You got enough of those guys, so they you could you could see Dan Quinn come up with a really creative solution. He's one of them dudes. 
That's why I love Dan Quinn's defense. I love the Cowboys' defense. They are so malleable. It does help them deal with some of these injuries. It does. You know what uh, was a highlight, though, of Saturday night in Seattle? The deuce was on the loose again. Again. Can we hear this from the uh, the, the TV call? Here we go. Deuce in this stadium right here. Great cut by Deuce Vaughn, and this is what you want to do. When you have a defender one-on-one, he had two defenders spent out of trouble. He has a low center of gravity, and that's a big reason why. Deuce, yeah, man, Deuce, Deuce was loose, number 42. Another one of those 14-yard hey. run. Did a complete left-turn spin move on a dude who Again. grabbed air and, um, you know, was made to look silly. And so Deuce Vaughn, you know, I thought it was a good night for the mm-hmm. Cowboys running backs. Uh, Rico Dowdle and, uh, is likely to be the running back two behind. You know, going into camp, you thought it was going to be Malik Davis, the second year back out of Florida. But Dowdle has had a better camp, number 23. Yeah. Looks like he's going to be the backup running back to Pollard. Deuce Vaughn. Will have a role as kind of a gadget player and a third down back. And Tony Pollard, of course. Deuce package. Yeah, got to have a deuce package. (laughs) Well, he shows. I mean, this makes people look silly in the open field, and uh, he can deliver. Side doesn't matter in that case. It's kind of like the Sark thing we talk about. If he's. If he's good enough, he's big enough. You know what I'm oh, saying? Totally. Yeah, exactly. We, we said it. We told you guys. Like It doesn't matter. He did it to guys. Big 12. We see him do it to Big 12 defenders, Power 5 defenders at the highest levels. There's no doubt it was going to translate to the NFL. And, yeah, if you're creative enough, you just you need to get him in the open field one-on-one. That's it. You can scheme that up. Deuce will do the rest. Yeah, yeah he will. Because <laughs> he's going to make you look silly out there one-on-one. He's one of those guys you have to gang tackle. You cannot be trying to tackle Deuce one-on-one. And I think that's kind of the, the advantage for the Cowboys, I, so I'm I, with you. I will say, Rod, it, it was the big concern going into camp for the Cowboys, and I, I'm still not – is Tony Pollard an every-down running back? Is he a guy that can carry the full workload in what Mike McCarthy wants to be a run-based offense? You know, Rico Dowdle seems nice and Deuce Vaughn, and but you're, you, it feels like you left yourself pretty thin at the running back position where it's a collision sport and they take more collisions than anybody, um, you, you hope. Now, look, Tony Pollard could break out and become – what they what they believe he, he can be, which is the every down running back. They've been sharing carries with Zeke Elliott the last several years, and I know Cowboy fans were clamoring, look, let's just leave him in there, let Pollard be the beast. He's a big play waiting to happen, but he is also coming off an injury that he suffered mm-hmm. in the playoff game against the 49ers. You hope he's ready, but, you know, that's that's a key position. It and is. They haven't done much behind or beyond. You know, there were some thought that when, when, the, when the Cowboys drafted DeMarvion Overshone, who's now out for the year, and you can't anticipate that back in April, that there was a lot of thought the Cowboys were going to go running back with that third-round pick. I remember that. That they were going to take, because they had gone. You could argue they should have. They gone, They went defensive tackle. They went uh, tight end. Tight end. And then they went defense. And the, by the way, tight end thing has been not so great not so either, because Schoonmaker hasn't really contributed right. anything. Well, so they went, they went defense, offense, and then they went defense. The two of the first three picks were on the defensive side. There were a lot of people with that, because they were at pick 90. I like the overshone pick, but... You know, that injury on top of not, you know, going running back in that spot, they took mm-hmm. Deuce in the sixth round was the first time they addressed, you know, running back in, in the draft. You wonder, you know, it's 2020 hindsight at this point, but that, that mm-hmm. position is one to watch. Yeah, I thought Rojo was going to be one of the picks or something. Yeah, <laughs> Rojo, Roshan Johnson was named. The bloody they were kept coming up. I remember, and it didn't work out. You're right. And Deuce is still a steal for the Cowboys where they got him. In the him. sixth round, yeah. It's a steal where they got him, but I'm with you. I do wonder if that will come back to haunt the Cowboys. But keep in mind, training camp cuts. There will be some at least decent running backs that are cut serviceable ones. And I wonder if the Cowboys may dip back into the running back market once there are some running backs who are cut from other teams. Because he, he, speaking of, the Bears got a lot of good running backs. 
Well, the they Bears do. got like three starting running backs. So there are some teams with a lot of good starting running backs, and they'll decide to cut those guys, and maybe the Cowboys can make them up. Yeah, trust me. The Cowboys will be looking at that waiver wire coming yeah. in the next uh, 10, 12 days. They should. As the, uh, the, the preseason winds down, one game to go. Uh, we'll talk more what down it went down in Houston. I thought C.J. Stroud looked good in his uh, 12 pass attempts, looked accurate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the thing you hear about C.J. Stroud, and he claims he's a ball placement expert, right? He can put the ball where he wants. He showed that on Saturday. Now, the Texans defense left a lot to be desired against the Miami Dolphins, who looked explosive with Tua in that run game. Yeah. Uh, they rolled past the Texans 28-3. to We'll talk a little bit about what the Texans did, the rest of the takeaways from week three, uh, two in the preseason. Also, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the busy weekend. Uh, Longhorns coming up. Do, and also, before the end of the hour in our Just the Facts segment, we'll get into uh, what Lionel Messi did again on Saturday night in front of a frenzied, packed house in Nashville. What an incredible start he has had to his Inter-Miami <laughs> career. They're now the champions of the League's Cup. It's the greatest start for any player in MLS history, <laughs> their MLS career. Well, maybe <laughs> in most any sport, to, <laughs> to come in and take over the way he has and take a team from the bottom to the top and uh, electrifying and not just his his market, but an entire league. You know, that game they played Saturday night was in Nashville, and so that's a road game, and it was packed. And most of them, again, just like in Philadelphia, there to, to cheer for Messi. Mm-hmm. And he did not disappoint in a thriller. And I'll get into a little bit of the golf. I mean, what, if you're a golf fan, what Victor Hovland did yesterday at the BMW Championship was incredible. I mean, gosh, 61 on the back nine rod. I mean, he was unbelievable. You know, laser He's locked in, in. Oh, the zone. The zone. <laughs> I mean, he hit every green on the back. And every he was just pin hunting the entire back nine with the pressure of a Sunday, a tough golf course. And Scotty Scheffler had to settle for second place with Matthew Fitzpatrick. Think about mm. it, if you're Rory McIlroy and you tee off on Sunday saying, okay, I'm gonna, if I shoot 66, I should be okay. And he was playing with Hovland yesterday. Rory shot 66 and lost by five strokes because <laughs> my, wow. my guy Hovland went nuclear. And uh, he took the BMW Championship outside Chicago ahead of the Tour Championship this week. So we'll, hmm. we'll get a little golf. We'll get a little soccer. Austin FC laid an egg last night in their return to the pitch. We haven't seen him in five weeks, and they did not play well last night. Uh, but coming up, Rod, we'll get to uh, the Longhorns because I know uh, all of our, uh, our audience is up early wants to hear about what went on at the scrimmage and oh, what yeah. you were able to glean and take away from the uh, depth chart-defining scrimmage on Saturday. How is that depth chart looking coming out of it? We're 12 days to the start of the season. Think about it. You've got uh, school starting today. Training camp's essentially over. Uh, yeah, this is, oh, no, this be... is it. Now you're after that scrimmage, they'll pretty much get the depth chart done. I don't know if they post it still like they did back in, back in the day, but the depth chart will get done, and then they'll start game planning. They'll yeah, start you install weekly. for Rice yeah, and maybe Alabama, planning. and then yeah. next week's game week. And yeah. so here we are, 12 days out, uh, counting down those days here with you, with Ian, Rod, B, and Ty. Let's pick it up on the other side. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll get uh, your thoughts on the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend, including the American League West is now a three-team race. Here come the Saint Seattle Mariners. Uh, we'll get good, bad, and ugly on all that, plus uh, Jose Altuve. You know, bad weekend for his team, an historic Goose night tooth. for uh, our little little PD Altuve, as I always have called him. Uh, he had quite a quite a moment. We'll get you that coming up as well. It's Ian Rodby just getting warmed up here on the Horn 1049 or 1019 AM twelve sixty. Always streaming for you. Make it digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn.
You are locked in on Austin's only local morning sports conversation. Five hours, five days a week. It's E and Rod B with Ty through the glass and you uh, up and at him and getting after it. Talking all things uh, weekend two of the preseason in the NFL. The unfortunate injury for DeMarvion Overshone. Also the great performance on the golf course by Victor Hovland yesterday. The baseball. We'll get more of it coming up in just the facts. But um, you know, we said going into the weekend, both the Astros and Rangers were playing Goose kind of playoff kind of series because the uh, Brewers are the first place team in the NL Central, Milwaukee, where the uh, and the Seattle Mariners were hot coming in, and they torched the Astros three straight games. And uh, you know, the Astros mm. didn't have Kyle Tucker all weekend; he was out with an injury, and I think he's he's been the the clutch hitter and the big bat in the middle of that order. They missed that. But, um, you know, the Seattle Mariners have put themselves right in the mix. And I would say this to Ranger fans, you know, the Astros, I believe, are, are done with the Seattle Mariners for the year. Thank goodness they went 2-8. and eight. <laughs> They went 2-8 against the Mariners this year. The Rangers, if you haven't looked at the schedule, have seven games with the Mariners in the last week of the season, hey. 10 days of the season. They have a three-game series with the Mariners and then mm-hmm. a four-game series with the Mariners uh, at the end of the regular season. So the Mariners are absolutely in the thick of this thing. The young uh, center fielder, Julio Rodriguez, is a superstar. He had an unbelievable weekend in Houston. So the Mariners are in the mix here in the American League West and that wild card race. And uh, Rangers-Astros now Seattle in the conversation. Remember, it was it was the Angels that were going to mm-hmm. go for it with trades at the trade deadline. We thought. Yeah, well, here's Seattle. Uh, announcing their presence with authority with a sweep in Houston. Meanwhile, the Rangers got swept by the Milwaukee Brewers, so everything has tightened up atop the American League West, to say the least. Uh, They did have a moment, though, because Jose Altuve posted his 2,000th hit. His 2,000th hit. Um, Yes, historical. I'll get you some numbers on where Jose is right now. And uh, it's interesting, you know, when Craig Biggio, Ostro great, had his 3,000th hit, he also had a single that got thrown out at second base trying to stretch it out into a double there at Minute Maid Park. And uh, same thing happened. Altuve got him a single, but he got thrown out trying to stretch it into a double at second hey, base. So why not? That's kind of, how the, <laughs> kind of the Astros weekend went. They got swept by the Mariners, and they're glad to see the M's get the heck out of town. And they've got a big series, Houston, with Boston this week, Rod. Uh, Red Sox for four games. Red Sox are also right in the thick of the American League wildcard race, and that series opens tonight down in Houston. That's one to keep your eyes on as the Rangers will be in, in Arizona tonight. So a lot to recap, the good, the bad, and the ugly from a, a great weekend. Hopefully you had one. Rod, you had a good weekend? You said you, Great uh, weekend. Went, to, went Houston. to Houston. Yeah, had a uh, baby shower with the family, so it was nice. Oh, yeah, your wife is nice. uh, then we, uh, on her way. Yeah, then came back and uh, got to enjoy a little that's your, uh, that's your first downtime. baby shower experience? Yeah, I had to, yeah, it's my family, so I had to go. Usually the baby shower, I let her do the thing. She's had, It's like a third baby shower, and she's got another one. Got like tons of these things. Oh yeah, you got to do them. Yeah, and I've only oh. been to that. It's the only one I've been to. I don't want to go to a bunch of these things. Yeah, I'm good. That was yeah. that's all I need. I got my fill. When I was uh, getting married and having children, it was I, I understood the 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 baby shower thing because you know I, I didn't understand wedding showers. I was like, well, every, we're gonna everybody can come to the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you can come show up, be at our wedding. Well, remember, they can't come to you when you have the baby. You don't want them around. That's so true. they're trying to do something nice for you I ahead of the that's baby being born. And yeah. Um, Clothes and gifts, and oh boy, we, we did one that was like a diaper diaper baby shower. That's kind of what this one was. Uh, and he'll use we got a lot of them. We got tons of them, boxes of them. You will lose. You will use diapers. Yeah, trust sh- me. I've been told. <laughs> I've been told. We need to get the Costco plan when it comes to you will diapers. need diapers. Yes. You will use every single one. And the good thing about it, if they're not, you don't open them. You can always take them back and get the size you need as the baby grows. Yeah. Okay. Stuff. There you go. Just hold nice. on to them. Just hold on. They're currency. <laughs> they're currency when you have an like infant. Like cigarettes in jail. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But baby diapers. Uh, 
Uh, so Gerard had a good weekend. Ty was out at, at Camp Longhorn, which is a cool thing. We heard that was a, a good story. We'll take your uh, weekend thoughts, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hit us on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776 on Austin's only morning local conversation in the ATX and throughout. But right now it's time to go behind the burnt orange curtain and talk some Texas scrimmage. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, looks like for the second scrimmage in a row, this was the depth chart defining scrimmage, looks like the defense might have gotten the better of the offense. Looks like the defense may be a little bit ahead of the offense. Um, Remember Sark said one of the things that he was critical of uh, in the first scrimmage, especially of the offense, was the fact they didn't take care of the football, turn the football over uh, in the first scrimmage, I believe. In that scrimmage, there were three turnovers, uh, and Sark was upset about that. Well, reportedly in this scrimmage, and by the way, shout-out to all the great services. Uh, shout out to Inside Texas doing a great job. Horns 24-7 does a really good job, too. Uh, the football brainiacs, friends over there, uh, do a good job, and Orange Plus. So we kind of gather up reports <laughs> from all these really, really good uh, sources and throw them out there. And uh, the early word, Horns 24-7 says that um, the offense suffered two, two lost fumbles and two interceptions on the day. And one of those guys that's making plays, once again, Malik Muhammad. Showed up and had a hand in forcing uh, one of the offense's turnovers. Uh, also, looks like he may have had an interception too. So you got, you know, that he's 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 racked up a couple of takeaways in these two scrimmages. And remember, one of the spots he's competing for is that field corner spot. And I don't know exactly who won the competition. You know, Terrence Brooks was also one of the guys who was uh you know leading in that competition. Uh, I right now that's one of the open spots. I'm, I can't wait to hear from Sark today. He's going to have immediate availability to see who they have as the number one field corner. Because right now Malik Muhammad is definitely trending in the right direction, and Terrence Brooks is also a guy that Sark likes. Between those two guys, I do wonder if there. Remember, Sark has mentioned that Malik Muhammad and Terrence Brooks can play, play both boundary and field. Yeah. So I wonder if if they're trying to get their best. 11 on the field is we haven't heard about Ryan Watts' camp. I wonder if Ryan Watts is having a really good camp too, because if not, then I wonder if the coaches are thinking about, Hey man, we just need to get these young guys on the field in the rotation of corner. And now they can play boundary and field as well. Well, uh, it was inside Texas, Eric Nolene, their uh, insider who had the nugget that senior quarterback Ryan Watts didn't have the greatest scrimmage, Mm -hmm. but uh, he wrote the way he wrote it. That's the price a corner pays for going against, these wide receivers, as Xavier were, these Very long true. bomb came at the expense of the boundary corner. And uh, by all accounts and people I heard from, Rod, the uh, to your point on Friday about using motion to create free free get-off for the receivers, mm-hmm. Xavier Worthy was the one that was moving, you know, doing that Devontae Smith role that we, you talked about at Alabama where he was constantly in motion and freed up to, you know, hit the, you know, he, you know the ball is snapped and he's already moving. And, and if you can't get hands on Xavier Worthy uh, and give him a free release, that's you, trouble. You played corner, you're going to have a problem. That's trouble. Once you give him, you got, you're talking about giving him a full speed running start. He's already a vertical threat because he he's a fa- one of the fastest guys, if not the fastest guy on the team. Um, and then, yeah, one of the 
uh, the liabilities of his skill set is that he's slight. All right, his frame, he's skinny. Sark likes these speed demons, but they're a little slight and skinny. And so if I can get my hands on them and reroute them, you know, that is tremendously advantageous to the defensive back. When Sark puts that guy in motion a ton and at and when we talk about targets at the snap, right? Are we talking about targeting a player at the snap when he's still in motion? Um, we call it targets to motion. That could be a really dangerous concept this year for Xavier Worthy. Because now, think about it, he not, he's, not, he's no longer typecast to be the deep guy. you got a couple of guys that can do that. Jontae Cook can do that. A.D. Mitchell can do that. Isaiah New York can do that. So you don't have to have him... Uh, forced into a role on offense. You can do whatever you want with X-Men now because you have so many receivers like Jay Witt and Isaiah Nayor that can fill in different roles, and he can just be the featured piece uh, of the puzzle. And, and, and if you've talked about it sometimes, you know, complained about or criticized, Steve Sarkeesian is going to take his shots. They're going to take deep shots, right? Yeah, he ain't stopping And that. That, And last year <laughs> you knew it was going to be Xavier, Xavier Worthy, right? He was your one he deep He was your one deep threat, yeah. And you didn't throw it to Jay Whit deep. No. You don't believe in that. <laughs> um, and so, but you're right. They've got multiple guys who can do that now, uh, which frees him up. And um, by all accounts and even reports from Saturday, A.D. Mitchell had another really strong camp. So you know you've got a second. It's almost like they have two number one receivers. You know, you, you, know, you watch it in, uh, in Cincinnati with the Bengals for Joe Burrow, and you've got – you know, Jamar Chase and, and, mm-hmm. and T. Higgins. You got two guys that are legit number one threats. That puts a lot of stress on a defense. The, the Longhorns feel like they can do that with those two guys. And, you know, Jordan Whittington ain't bad. Isaiah Nayer's having a great camp. They do have web. And they didn't even figure in Jatavion Sanders, the, the exactly. tight end into the passing game. <laughs> yeah. That can be a problem because uh, all accounts that I heard from and saw and read, Rod, that Quinn Ewers had a solid day. That Quinn Ewers is doing a good job of distributing the football. And uh, according to one person I talked to who was in camp last year at the same time, said Quinn Ewers is miles ahead of where he was one year ago when he was battling Hudson Card for this job. Uh, Much more comfortable in the system, Mm. much more in control, uh, and more weapons, more weapons to throw to. I think that's, you know, there are more solutions for Sark now with built within the offense, right, with all the personnel uh, that they've acquired and that they've kind of upgraded at different positions. Last season – Essentially, Steve Sarkeesian was presented with, you know, a, a test and these he all these different problems to solve. But to me, he it was an open book test, right? He had all the answer was simply give it to Bijan, <laughs> give it to Rojo, right? It was an open book test, and all Coach, the answers. You can use your notes on this test. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember that professor? You love that professor. He's like, all right, uh, you've been taking your notes. I don't notes? know that I would have passed college algebra if I didn't I would, have the they, open book. Oh, with all the notes that I took, Robbie loved that. I was like, oh yeah, notes. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill it here. And some people were like, oh, I didn't take any notes. I'm like, oh man, too bad for you. But for Sark well, last Sark year, Sark needed one note. Give it to Bijan. <laughs> give it to Bijan, right? That was the answer to every, and that was the answer to every question on the test, which is, you know what? Give it to Bijan. You don't even need multiple choice. Give it to Bijan with a side of Rojo. Put some Bijan on it. And this year, he doesn't necessarily have that, you know, those those notes. He doesn't have that open book this year. But he, what he does have are solutions to different problems because he has all these very versatile weapons in the passing game. And more and more, and I, I'll give shout out to my man Jerry Hamilton, talking to him about this uh, yesterday uh, with the Inside Texas crew. Man, that offensive line this year, it's, just, it's, just, it's always important. But I do think in terms of pass protection, it's going to be – really pivotal because there's no doubt I think the identity of the offense when we boil it down is going to be the passing game that's where all your strengths are I mean your strengths you have so many weapons in the passing game you're almost going to be forcing the running game and by the way CJ Baxter was reported also had a good scrimmage 
So freshman that's good. running back. So, freshman running back today. Baxter had an impressive scrimmage. They looked good. Um, and that he's probably going to be two, number two running back behind Jonathan Brooks, who also continues to impress. And then you'll throw in Keelan Robinson, right? That's kind of your, uh, he's, like I say, he also, he's kind of the side, the side dish to your, the main course of your running game, which will be Jay Brooks and uh, CJ Baxter. But I, I, I'm not saying the running game is not going to be good or it's going to, you know, it's going to have a, a severe regression. But, man, we've watched Bijan and Rojo now in the NFL in the preseason. Uh, there's, it's not going to be the same running game. Just, it just won't be. And I think the strength will be the passing game, which means pass protection is going to be pivotal. Yes. Yeah. It is. It is. And uh, But, you know, the, the stress that the passing game can put on a defense <laughs> will benefit the running game because yes. they're going to have to have light boxes. I mean, having, you know, more coverage players on the field, not big, you know, thick linebackers trying to stop run game like it was last year. Because a lot of times Texas was in, you know, heavy package trying to run that ball. As you've talked about, six offensive linemen at times. I think you'll see more field spreading. And, and you've talked about the empty formation from time to time. That's going to pressure a defense and open up running lanes because it's, it, it, it's just a, there's so many weapons on the offensive side that the run game will benefit from just having that, that much stress on a defense. Yeah, I, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I, I defend the Texas passing game first. And then I, I would almost open them up to try to beat me with the running game. Yeah. I think it'd be if I it's more for me as a if I'm a defensive coordinator, I like it more if Texas decide to beat me with the running game than the passing game. As as we've pointed out, man, the passing game just presents you with mathematical equations you just cannot solve as a defensive coordinator. Uh as if they're gonna just run the ball, man, makes life a lot easier. And they're that means they're taking the ball out of the hands of their best weapons. Well, that'll be a test again for Coach Sark yeah. this year. Will he take be patient and take the take the yards? He's always had a 1,000-yard rusher wherever he's been the head coach or calling plays. He's always had a 1,000-yard back. Uh, if that's the case this year, it's likely to be you know, Jonathan Brooks as a 1,000-yard as a rusher. But will Sark be patient with it and, and take those yards when they're there? Because uh, I, I agree with you. I think you know, most, including Nick Saban week two at Alabama, uh, he's going to try to – and he's got four- and five-star corners that he can try to match up with he your passing could. game. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, chess match or open book test, as you call it, uh, we will see. Because last year when it was just give it to Bijan, he wouldn't always just give it to Bijan. He would force it to a broken-handed receiver, you know what I mean? Over and over again. That's very true. He learned late in the season, right? He learned in the Baylor game, Iowa State game, he learned later on, you know what, maybe Daryl K. Roy, the late great DKR, had a point. All right, when you throw the ball, (laughs) three things could happen and two of them are bad. And that happened for Texas in that Iowa State game and the Baylor game. That started to happen a little bit. And I think that's when Sark decided, you know what, let's put some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo. And that's smart, but this year he won't have that luxury. He's going to have to find other solutions to the problem. Somebody said on the text line, we appreciate your text and the contribution says, I think Jay Witt is the college version of Anquan Bolden. You wonder if they'll try to weaponize him. We'll talk about that Ooh. throughout the morning. Could that be an, a weapon? Uh, especially if you're be. in that spread formation and all should of a sudden, be. you know, Jay Witt's all of a sudden behind the quarterback mm-hmm. and he could become a running back uh, in that spot. Longhorns have a couple of guys because remember Savion Red, who's been battling an injury, is also cross-training from receiver to running back as well and they like his power between the tackles. We'll come back. When we do, it's just the facts. We've got some big facts from the weekend, including the incredible Lionel Messi, Jose Altuve, a couple of shorter guys in stature, had big weekends. We'll get you some facts on that from the weekend. Also, weekend two in the preseason of the NFL. A lot to do. Coming right back here on Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. Ian Rod B. On the Horn.
Monday on the Horn, Austin's only local morning sports conversation. Five hours, five days a week with myself on the shutdown corner, Rod Babers. Oh, shizzle. Oh, shizzle. Here's a text from our friend uh, Chan wants to know, is DeMarvion Overshone out for the year? I saw the play, feared it, and yes, unfortunately, an Sorry, MRI. Chan. Can we play the, uh, the highlight mm-hmm. from the game on Saturday night when uh, DeMarvion <clears throat> Overshone was running over to the left flat to just make a routine play, it seemed like, Brutal. and uh, here's how it sounded. Ways. Pretty remarkable the last couple of years. Geno Smith still in there at quarterback as lowering the boom, so to speak, on the near sideline. And holding his knee is DeMarvion Overshone, the rookie out of Texas, and hopefully he's okay. He's kind of landed awkwardly, Rod, and uh, got it to foot caught in the turf. You've, I'm sure, done or been a part of that many times. When you play on turf, it'll be it's kind of sticky. Doesn't take much. But I will say that with the technological advances we've seen, we've seen a lot of guys come back, you know, pretty strong after ACL injuries, and they, they get really close to back to their prime quick quicker. I mean, they get there at one point, but they get there a lot quicker. So hopefully with DeMarvin Overshown, you know, it's not something that ends up putting him too far behind. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. sad because he was, like I said, he was he was trending. Mike McCarthy was talking all about him. Michael Parsons had taken him under his wing and kind of mentored him a little bit. And he was getting all these going. He broke down the huddle after pregame warmups as a rookie. I'm like, oh, who does rare. that? That's right. That's a different dude. Yeah, he was showing a lot of leadership. Unfortunate. So, uh, yeah. Unfortunate. That's what preseason's for. He needs all the reps he can get to show what he can do. But at the same time, it can happen on any play. And it's time for our Just the Facts segment. And here's a fact, I think, on the text line, Rod. It says northbound I-35 completely closed <laughs> at 51st Street. This is a fact. That, that is could, a fact. That could be a problem mm. uh, on, on the first day of classes at UT and that's... the increased traffic flow that's going to be out there this morning. Yeah. Northbound 35 completely mm. closed at 51st. Don Miller will have updates uh, coming up uh, just as soon as he can get them to you. What do you have for anybody. us in Just the Facts, Rod? Not good for anybody there. Uh, how about this one about uh, Lionel Messi? So Inter Miami won the League Cup championship, right? That uh, that conference, that kind of that inter season tournament they're doing now. Yeah. Uh, Lionel Messi now has forty two career senior titles, breaking a tie uh, with Danny Alves uh, for the most in men's soccer history. So basically, he's won more than any other player in soccer history. Just adding up all his titles at the different leagues he's played in throughout his career. How many? 42, what they call career senior titles. That's why he's the golden toe. Uh, he, is an, he is a great of all time, without a doubt. His 10th goal in his 7th match. Think about it. That was a rock-bottom franchise, Rod. They were in the Latin, rock-bottom and now winning the League's Cup as the champions. And now they'll get back to MLS play. Can we hear the in the 20th minute in Nashville in front of a frenzied, packed crowd, Messi cut through. You know, you know he's left-footed, mm-hmm. so he cut through and, and he just fired a shot through about four different oh, people. I saw it. Incredible. Here's how it sounded. Incredible. Mm. And, of course, that's a home crowd. That's that's the road team scoring a goal, and that's the reaction from the Nashville fans. They're like the Heatles. They go on the road. It doesn't matter. If people are cheering for Messi. Well, everyone's wearing Argentina jerseys, man. Yeah. <laughs> Another piece of sound. Can we hear the historic hit for Jose Altuve on Saturday night? Houston lost and got swept by the Mariners this weekend, but Jose Altuve made history. All right, so 2001 hits now in his career. Now he's got over 200 home runs and over 200 steals. How about this, Sarah Rod, as he's building that Hall of Fame resume? 
Uh, only Willie Mays, faster to join the 2,000 hits, 200 home runs, and 200 steals. Only Willie Mays, faster. Uh, Willie Mays that did it is. in when 1,600. Actually, Jose Altuve did it faster than Willie Mays. Willie Mays had been the fastest at 1,669. Fact is, Jose Altuve now the fastest, 1,631 games to 2,000 hits, 200 home runs, and 200 steals. Man, that's a uh, fact. That's a rarefied group to be associated with. There's no <laughs> fastest Willie ever Mays. going past Willie Mays, yeah. and uh, I know you know the. You know, he'll always wear the 2017 situation, as all Astros will, but he's on his way to the Cooperstown, 307 lifetime batting average. And, you know, when he first came in the league, I started I called him Little Petey Altuve because the way he played the game was like Pete Rose. And Pete Rose owns the all-time hits yes, record. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if Jose Altuve plays 10 more years, if he can stay healthy and play another decade, you know, could he chase down? You know, he's got to stay healthy. He's in his early 30s now. But uh, he's the type of player that could, and he loves the game. So 2,001 hits now for Jose Altuve, fastest ever to 2,000 hits, 200 home runs, and 200 steals. Yeah, that is uh, that's amazing. Yes, and considering uh, the his really his story, getting it, that he how he got his shot in the league. Oh, is just was told to go home because he was too short. Yeah, well, and came back. Exactly. Okay, he went to a tryout and and on Saturday, and he came went home, and his dad said, "No, no, 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 you need to go back. I know the scout. I kind of helped engineer this yeah. tryout. <laughs> he needs to get a look at you." And he went back the next day, and you know, and the rest is history. Here he is. Yeah, well, it's, uh, that's that's a really really amazing accomplishment, actually. What and else? He's the yeah, fastest to two thousand hits. Um, I have some some preseason stats that are uh, facts that are pretty cool. Cool. Uh, okay, how about this? Um, <laughs> If you go look at it, the uh, the Ravens now apparently are the first team in NFL history to have an all-black quarterback room, including players and coaches. There you go. There you go. Some history being made with Lamar the Ravens. Jackson. Was it Anthony Brown and Tyler Huntley's gone now, right? Tyler Huntley's still there, I believe. I think one of them's still there, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, Tyler Huntley's still there. I'm thinking P.J. Walker going to the Bears. Ah, there you go. Um, and have you been paying attention to how uh, Jordan Love has been playing in the preseason, actually? Well, the Green Bay Packers, pretty good. He looks pretty good. Looks efficient. Just it out there. Yeah, just uh, in case you keep it uh, keep it up with it, Jordan Love looks pretty good. And we're going to see Aaron Rodgers make his preseason debut in the third preseason game for the JETS Jets. So that's happening, too. Coming we, back. Now, versus the Giants, I believe it's going to be. Coming back, we'll have uh, Rod's first rant of a Monday morning, which is always good intel and insight. Uh, one other fact, you're Austin Gamblers. Because we're going to do bullish and BS next hour, Rod. The Austin Gamblers still had another great weekend. They've yes. lost one one game, ah. but they went two and one over the weekend. They're nine, I think, eight and one now. And you know what? Friday begins Austin Gambler Days at Moody Center. That's right. Coming the highest level ATX, of professional baby. bull riding coming to Austin this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Austin has the best bull rider in the world, and Jose Vitor Leme. And the best team in the PBR, 9-1, sitting in top first place. Get those tickets now, austingamblers.com.